A Year with Peter Drucker by Joseph A. Macchiariello. One sentence summary. A Year with Peter Drucker compiles 52 lessons with weekly exercises into one comprehensive year-long curriculum for managers, leaders, and those who aspire to be one or the other, based on the teachings of the father of modern management. My favorite quote from the author is, There is nothing quite so useless as doing with great efficiency that which should not be done at all. Peter Drucker If you don't know who Peter Drucker is, just get yourself a copy of Managing Oneself. I've read and reread and listened to this book in audio form countless times. It's very short, the whole audio is just 45 minutes, yet incredibly life-changing. After reading a few pages, you'll know why Peter Drucker is often called the father of modern management. The author of this book, Joseph A. Macchiariello, used to be one of Drucker's close companions, before the latter died in 2005, at the age of 95, mind you. Fed up with the fact that Drucker's great management practices have been watered down and gobbled up by talking heads in recent decades, he decided to publish an all-encompassing compendium based on Drucker's personal mentorship program. If you're a manager, hold a leadership position, or aspiring to one or the other, this one's for you. Here are three lessons from the book. 1. Start using feedback analysis to learn about your strengths and weaknesses early on. 2. Work on your concentration and information literacy. 3. Take a sabbatical to develop your skills in the non-profit sector. Want to become an effective executive? Let's do this! A year with Peter Drucker lesson 1. Start using feedback analysis right now, so you can figure out your strengths and weaknesses. This answers the question, what is one of the fastest ways I can figure out my strengths and weaknesses in business or management? One of Drucker's biggest ideas is about a tool he calls feedback analysis. Here's how it works. Every time you make a major decision in your life, you write down the outcome you expect it will have 6, 12 and 18 months from now. After those periods have passed, you simply pull out your original assessment again and see how you did. Were you completely spot on? Did something entirely different happen? This simple exercise will help you to see patterns emerge over the years, which will let you figure out what you're good at and what you can't do well. Only if you're self-aware can you direct your career efforts where they get you and the world the best results, which makes feedback analysis the number one tool in your leadership belt. Of course, the earlier you start this practice, the better, because your early career choices will shape your entire professional future. But if you're already a few years into the game, don't fret. It's better to start now than never. Just get going and see what positive changes this practice brings into your life. A Year with Peter Drucker, Lesson 2. Work on your skill to concentrate and information literacy. This answers the questions, what are some of the two most crucial abilities for good leaders and managers? Drucker says there are just two crucial skills any great manager must possess. That's good news, but both are tough to master. They are 1. The ability to concentrate your efforts and 2. The ability to understand and interpret data correctly. Concentration has nothing to do with personal productivity in this case. It means you have to get your company to focus on the areas where it can generate the maximum results. Where is your company most productive with the least amount of effort? For example, if you have a big engineering team with lots of nerdy developers who love to tinker and come up with new, innovative software, then don't force them to fix customer service bugs all the time. Let them roam so your company can focus on its core competencies and thrive on its strengths.
or as Drucker said, don't major in the minors. Also, leave sinking ships early. Don't keep dying products afloat. You'll only dilute your efforts. It really only pays to be the best in the world. The dip, anyone? Skill number two becomes more and more important in our big data age. Collecting data is easy. It happens on autopilot with most software by now. Those who are able to read the data win. During the 2007 financial crisis, four outsiders made billions just because they looked into housing bonds and saw the foul foundation the banks were set up on before the rest of the world did. If you want to know the story, watch The Big Short. It's a great movie about this. If you can't figure out what's wrong if 15% of your customers demand their money back, you won't be around for too long. A Year with Peter Drucker Lesson 3 Take a sabbatical to develop your skills in the non-profit sector. This answers the question, what will be a leader's best bet for having a long and fulfilling leadership career? Peter Drucker believed in leadership as a good for the world, not just business. He thought leaders and managers are extremely well positioned to help governments and non-profit organizations as well. For example, in 1967, the Californian government suffered a public debt crisis and was forced to do several tax hikes. The situation only turned for the better when some 200 managers took an executive sabbatical and came in to kill a few inefficient million-dollar projects, allowing the government to lower taxes again and even offer tax refunds. If you want to broaden your horizon, train your skills elsewhere and do some good, an executive sabbatical at a government body or non-profit organization is a perfect way to boost your capabilities as a leader. The reason managers do so well in these environments is because they can take abstract goals, like offering education for underprivileged children, into specific structured goals, like building 25 schools in Africa, with a concrete action plan and implementation process. My personal takeaways from a year with Peter Drucker for 2017. Okay, I would like to cross-reference the lessons from this book with some of the stuff I learned about in managing oneself because it hands itself well. I think there are a couple of things I can expand on here. First, feedback analysis. Number one takeaway from this summary, if you take away nothing else, is to do feedback analysis. You don't have to write it down even, you don't have to you don't have to come up with some complicated process to do it or or create an Excel sheet or whatever. You don't have to do any of that. As long as you think in these in these time frames and look back when you get there, right? So six, twelve, eighteen months from now. Like where do you want to be? What do you want to happen? Um and that's really it, right? That's one of the best tools for self-awareness. Um, because in 2016, I think for the first half of the year, I did this with a friend and we did it on paper. So what we did was we set monthly goals or monthly milestones we wanted to reach um, for six months ahead. And then we both put our goals into a Google Doc and then... Uh, each month when the month was up, we checked in and see how we did, right? And I set those goals once in the beginning of January and I never looked at them again and to, because I only checked in like once every two or three months. And six months later, I realized, man, I hit five out of six out of six goals. Like just by writing them down and not focusing on them, I hit them. 
But it was only when I checked in that I realized this and that was important, right? Because it told me, mm, if I set monthly goals, I'm probably going to do just fine, right? Because I usually tend to accomplish them most of the time. Uh, and for those I don't, I can just adjust and accomplish them later. So it's really important to like take a look out. So right now, for example, is a good example. Right now, it's June 2017, okay? Half the year is over almost, by the way, which is crazy. Like, yesterday was January. That's really insane um, how fast time flies. But what I've decided to do with this semester, it's my second semester at Technical University of Munich, is I want to knock out six exams. Don't know if I'm going to pull it off. One seminar and keep all my work up uh, over the summer, ideally by the end of June, but it's probably more like end of July, finish all the recordings for the four-minute folio, start integrating those, and then by the time the summer is over or when the semester is about to close, start working on my first uh, book, probably one with a friend, which we'll collaborate on for uh, to sell on Amazon. But that's my plan for now, right? Um, and for this semester, the reason I want to do so much this semester is that if I pull that off, I know the next I have four exams left and one master thesis like that's it right that's all i would have left out of the degree after two semesters pretty good so i would spread those over the next two semesters like uh nine and 12 months from now and then i would only have two semesters with two exams each which is really nothing at all right it's very very uh low-key very easy and it would give me a ton of time to work right and then i would have one semester where i have to do my master's thesis and also nothing else um, which would also still be good not quite as um but still and then i would have one and a half years which is a lot of time to work a lot and make more progress right so i can potentially hit my next goal which would be in two years roughly 2019 early yep um which would be to uh, come out of school and have somewhere around fifty, sixty thousand dollars in income, in annual income. That would be like the end goal, and then I could take it from there. And if I'm off, I can figure out what to do next. Right, take a part-time job, take a full-time job, whatever. But that's the plan, right? So, and that's how I'm making most of the minor decisions now. They all are derived from this major decision to where I want to end up. So now I can say, okay, let me do this project and this project and this project and then figure, think about how I can build the next 1,000 here, 1,000 there, $1,000 a month there, and so on. So just thinking about that is huge in aligning your actions with it. Whether you end up right there or not, it's, it's just a way of giving yourself feedback. Okay, what can you do better? What can you do? What can you do again the same way? But just having that plan is what gets you even remotely in the right direction in the first place. So without that, that's impossible. So feedback analysis, number one tool, absolutely. Uh, the second part, I mean, focus is about saying no. Famous quote by Steve Jobs, took Apple's product portfolio from 300 to 10 products. Um, the dip by Seth Godin talks about focusing on where you can be the best in the world, which is subjectively for a small group of people locally, uh, what can you do best? Um, Jack Welch, CEO of the century, GE took General uh, Electric, I think uh, a 4,000 increase in, in revenue and they were already big when he took over. He killed all divisions where they couldn't be number one or number two in that industry. He killed all of those and that's what led to that huge success. 
in his tenure as a CEO of General Electric. So many examples, right? Concentration is massively important. The same thing I'm doing, by the way, I'm concentrating my income streams. I want to have one income stream with $1,000 a month and then build the next one. That gives me a small portfolio of products and revenue streams, four or five maybe, um, to hit my first sort of income goal. And then I can either decide if I want to grow those or if I want to build new ones, right? But first, my efforts are very concentrated. And for last year, all of last year, all I did was create four-minute books and grow that and get that to $1,000 in revenue. That's all I did last year, right? So I spent my entire year on one product. But it was worth it because it worked out and it's still growing, right? So this doesn't mean that you limit yourself when you hit your goal, but it's just that you get there faster. Um, and the sabbatical, I think an important point he makes, uh, Drucker makes in managing oneself is that eventually you will have to think about the second half of your life. And what he says there is that a lot of people, when they get to be 40 or 50, um, and as they close in on retirement, they have to think of something else to fill their life with. Because if you retire and you have nothing to fill the void and you spend 70% of your time at work before or maybe even more as a, as a leader or manager or CEO, um, it's going to be rough, right? A lot of people die when they retire because they're out of work and work was actually meaningful to them. So, And taking a sabbatical at a government body or non-profit organization, I think that's a great way to check that out because usually you can think about the first half of your life is you getting yours and the second half of your life is you giving back. So I really like that approach, doing something like that in between, because then you can figure out what you want to do later in your life when you maybe not have as much energy, but still want to do something. Okay. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you on the next summary.